and Rob McGregor welcome you to a place where all kinds of phenomena flourish. Voices whisper, ancient secrets, signs and symbols are abundant. UFOs, ETs, ghosts, and even the dead move about freely. Here we meet authors, researchers, and investigators of the mysterious, the strange, and of the inexplicable anomalies that surround us. Step out of the everyday world and take a journey into the mystical underground. Welcome to the Mystical Underground. Thank you for joining us. This is Trish McGregor. And and, Rob McGregor. And our producer and tech magician, John Posey. You can go to themysticalunderground.com where we make regular blog posts and where you can find out about our books. Among them are Phenomena, Harnessing Your Psychic Abilities, The Secrets of Spirit Communication, Sensing the Future, and Aliens in the Backyard. Our upcoming book is called The Shift, Reports from the Mystical Underground. Trisha's new novel is White Crows, and Rob has been slowly releasing the audio edition of Indiana Jones and the Stack of Kings. One more episode to go. Okay, our guest today is Philip Mary, the author of The Nine Keys of Synchronicity, a book that grew out of his PhD research. Dr. Mary is a British native who lives in Singapore. He has led workshops and leadership <clears throat> training for more than four decades and has addressed major world organizations in 61 countries. Philip is the only person with a grounded theory, PhD in synchronicity and leadership. Welcome, Philip. Yay, Philip, you made well, it. Uh, welcome <laughs> nice back. Well, welcome back. Yeah. Nice to be here. Rob, I, I think I'm the only person with a grounded theory, PhD. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I, I oh, okay. can't guarantee that, but last <laughs> yeah. time when I did it, I, I was, but I don't okay. like it. That's not true. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it may be not true. All right. So. Now, okay, this backdrop, I realize that's a an image, but what? where is that? Uh, I think it's in Zambia. Ah, Zambia. Okay. Okay. And, and, and I, I do many, many different podcasts, but to me, background is always important. Yeah. And okay. this particular one I use when I'm coaching people at a deeper level, mm-hmm. and I say things like, go to the source of your being. Uh, okay <laughs> they focus on the waterfall as if it's the source of their being yeah that's yeah. cool is that one of the 61 countries you've been to um it's actually 63 now okay <laughs> I, I i did i did a virtual session uh in there but but no physically i've not been there but yeah. i just love the picture so much i i thought that I used yeah. it. it's beautiful so Philip, let's start with this question. At what point in your life did you decide that coincidences were that were occurring in your life were more than simply coincidences? Uh, what what triggered that shift for you? Well, first of all, let me say what an honor it is to be talking to you two again. Uh, you folks have led this field for so many years, and I'm so honored and proud to call you friends and, and be here. So, so thank both of you for well, thank all you, Philip. Yeah, and, th- and thank you for including us in your index uh, called Pioneers of Synchronicity. That was very good. Absolutely, absolutely. Especially- How did I feel interested in it? Well, it's interesting. On really doing the research, Rob, I realized that my first synchronicity was at the age of eight. Hmm. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know at the time. Uh, <laughs> my parents were ministers in the Salvation Army, and every year they moved us to a different church somewhere in the UK. Uh, and I remember that I was waiting for where we were going to move to, finding out <laughs> where we were going to move to next. And I was at school, uh, and I, have, I was in a geography lesson, and I looked at the book that uh, we were using, and there was a picture of Huddersfield in the north of England. At the time, we were in Devon, in the south of England. And as I looked at this picture of the north of England, and Huddersfield being the picture, um, I said, I wonder if we're going to move to Huddersfield next. That's interesting. (laughs) following day, this is eight years old, right? The following day, (laughs) the letter came, we were moving to Huddersfield. A little bit of precognition there, little kid. (laughs) Well, I know, I didn't realize at the time. Uh, And basically, since then, Rob, Many different things happened to me throughout my life, and I just said, you know, I'm, I'm just lucky. I'm just lucky. 
Then I saw the law of attraction, uh, and then I saw synchronicity. So I think all through my life, I've had big and small synchronicities yeah. happen to me. But the Huddersfield one like was first yeah. at eight years old. You, um, you've got so many interesting stories in the ninth, Nine Keys. What's your favorite? You know, I think I'd have to go uh, between two, Trish. If okay. If that's okay. The, the most amazing and immediate was when I was in a shopping mall in, in Singapore and I was discussing with my financial manager who'd just come into town and I was just chatting with him and I said two things. I said, you know, uh, last week was my 66th birthday. And I said, interesting, because, you know, six means luck in, 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 in Mandarin. Uh, and then I said, you know, just next thing, random, I had a strange dream last night about being a freedom fighter. Hmm. At that precise moment, the man walked by me wearing a T-shirt on the back of the T-shirt, it said 66 Freedom Fighter. Oh, my wow. God. <laughs> that's yeah, a that's, great I, one. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. It was like the most amazing immediate. <laughs> yeah, immediate. Type. But, you know, the one I liked in, in your book, is, and I think you've told us uh, some of this before, was the, your synchronicity about John Denver. That you, in oh, the, right, right. In the, in the book, you go at <laughs> quite great length to uh, apply it to all nine keys. Uh, can you talk well, a little bit about Well, it was a significant that? one because it was how I met my wife. I was thinking of getting married to this gorgeous woman, Nomala, who is now my wife. Uh, but at the time, I decided by listening to the songs of John Denver at a seminar. You know, beautiful songs which moved me to tears and made me say to myself, what an idiot, go ask this woman to marry you straight away before you lose her. <laughs> um, but I actually said on the Friday evening, because John Denver's songs were so meaningful, I'd love to say thank you to John Denver. How do you do that? God knows. <laughs> Following morning in the Singapore newspaper, John Denver in Singapore next week. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, long, long story short. A friend of mine was the sales manager at the hotel where she, he was staying and said, if you send me a letter, I'll see what I can do to get it to him. She had the letter in her hand and the lift opened. There was John Denver. Oh my God. Denver, <laughs> I have a message for you from a friend of yours. John Denver called me at home on the Sunday evening. So Friday night, wow. I want to say thank you to John Denver. 48 hours later, John Denver called me at home significant in terms of deciding to get married and yeah i use it in the book uh, rob because it's such a simple synchronicity in one sense and i use it to illustrate the nine keys my my, uh -huh. my book's called the nine keys of synchronicity uh, and there are nine keys in it and i use that example to highlight right. how to understand the nine keys it's hmm. also a type of synchronicity where you had to do a little work too most of them are just kind of uh, just up here, and you actually had to call, but but you, but first you had to find out that John Denver was actually coming to Singapore. Singapore. Which well, yeah, was, I didn't have to find that out. That just was in the newspaper. Yeah, uh, and I happened to share with a friend of mine uh, how John Denver was important. Out of the blue, she told her friend who called me. She was the one who was a sales manager at the hotel. So, yes, the only thing I had to do, Rob, was write a, a letter to right. John Denver. Okay. All of the rest was just given to me. But wow. yeah, that's great. It still stands. She was down my spine when I think about that. <laughs> yeah. Was he a nice guy? I, he, just, he just rang me. Uh, he couldn't come and meet me because he was very busy, but at least he just rang me and it was very nice. He said, hi, Philip, I'm glad my songs work for you, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> okay. That's yeah, great. He's, he's real friendly, so I was very sad when he passed. Yeah. Tell, tell us about uh, Winston Churchill's unusual synchro. Well, what, what I did when I decided that these strange things were happening to me, and then basically I said I want to do a PhD in the law of attraction, uh, was accepted to do that and then changed it to a PhD in synchronicity. Uh, and as I was doing the research, I just looked at various historical figures mm. who had synchronicity happen to them. Uh, Winston Churchill, when he was a teenager, was actually doing an exam to get to the next level in his education. Uh, and the teacher said to them all, tomorrow the exam will involve one country that you'll have to tell us your knowledge about that country. Winston Churchill went home, 
took all of the countries in the world, put them on a piece of paper, put them in a, a box, drew one out, which was New Zealand, and spent the rest of the evening trying to find out as much as he could about New Zealand. Huh. And guess what? In the exam the following day, the country was New Zealand. Interesting. So, so that enabled Winston Churchill to go to various levels in his life because of the education. And it's interesting, Trish, though, because a lot of famous figures, and as you two know, have had amazing things happening to yeah. them, including Hitler. Hitler yeah. had a lot of synchronicities, so hmm. uh, Churchill's not the only one. Yeah. Oh. Give us one of Hitler's. I'm curious. <laughs> I, I, I don't know them in detail. Okay. okay. Uh, yeah, I was just curious. Literally, a friend just told me yesterday. Interesting. Ah. Oh, really? A friend only told me yesterday that synchronicity can be for good or for evil. Right. Uh, huh. A lot of synchronicities happened to Hitler. Hmm. Well, he was definitely interested in the occult. Yeah. Yes. So that's not surprising. I, I think it involved, Trish, I think it involved things like being saved from death uh-huh. when, he was, when he was in the First World War, I think. Uh, hmm. A lot of things happened yeah. to him. Wow. Well, how, how things would have been different if that yeah. had turned out differently. Well, and his well, generals tried to kill him three times and all yeah. failed, came close, but uh, all yeah. failed. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. So, yeah, the, the, it, it links to, because obviously for my PhD, I interviewed 23 <coughs> people uh, to ask them what happened when synchronicity happened to them, and we'll come on to that question later. Mm. But it also involved me both looking at the science, but also examining other people throughout history. Uh-huh. And there are many, many things that happen. What One of the most um, amazing was um, the guy... Uh, Anthony Hopkins. Oh, yeah, I love that story. Yeah. He was chosen, and you, you guys will know this story, but uh-huh. he was chosen for a particular movie, The Girl from Petrovka. Yeah. He wanted to find a book, looked all over London for a book. Now, he was sitting on a park bench. There was a book next to him on the park bench which somebody had left, exactly the book he was looking for. <laughs> and he had all sorts of notes in the book, and he used that to be the best that he could be when filming the movie. Now, on the movie, the guy... Just two years later. Yes, two years later. The guy who'd actually written The Girl from Petrovka was there, the author, uh, and he said to Anthony Hopkins, I don't have a copy of the book. I lost it many years ago, to which (laughs) Anthony Hopkins then pulled out of his bag. He said, it's it's the book. And it was the, the author's book with all the notes uh, in it. Found on the park bench. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, that's a great story. I think one thing that people think about synchronicity coincidences when they happen is that uh, they think it might relate to luck. And and when you think about luck, sometimes you think about money. People want to manifest <laughs> money. And you had an experience with that. Uh, with yeah, yes, that yes, 15,000. <laughs> and it's interesting, Rob, because that's what I think <clears throat> myself. All through my life, when this stuff just turned up that I wanted, I said, okay, I, I'm just a lucky guy. And other people said that of me. Mm-hmm, uh, Phil's yeah. just a lucky guy. Uh, yeah, so money often is involved. Um, and I was closing my books for my company here in Singapore one month. Uh, and I said, I need 15000 to close the books this month. That's all I said. I didn't say, I want 15000 mm-hmm. I said, I need 15000 Ten minutes before four, I said that. And then at four o'clock, the phone rang. Partner from my of mine in Amsterdam saying, Phil, we have a seminar in Beijing next week. Are you free and able to go and do that? And I was free. Uh, and then he said, Von Strump and I was the partner. He said, you'll be pleased because the fee is $15,000. So <laughs> ten minutes before four, I need $15,000. Four o'clock, $15,000. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Doesn't work great. every time, yeah. uh, uh, but, but it worked yeah. once at least. So that's great. <laughs> well, many other times for money. I, I just want to point out a lot of people say to me when I coach them around synchronicity, "How come it's not happening to me?" Uh, yeah. And the reality is that sometimes it works, and sometimes for whatever reason, it, it doesn't. Right. Yeah. Now, how do you coach people in synchronicity, Philip? Well. Do you, it's a synchronicity story, actually. <laughs> I figured it would be. happened this year. When um, the awful war in Ukraine began, I, I felt so helpless. Uh, 
uh, you know, what can anybody do in this awful situation? I, I wish there's something I could do. That week, I was contacted by somebody uh, who wanted, who was working for a major organization, <clears throat> aid organization, uh, and she wanted to get a job in Ukraine. Uh, at the time of my first interview with her, uh, she said, the reason I chose you was because of your synchronicity background. Huh. I'd, like you to, I'd like you to coach me using synchronicity. In the very first meeting, Trish and Rob, the phone rang while we were doing the coaching session. Another phone, sorry, she got an email saying the job she'd been wanting in Ukraine had happened. And could huh. she go to Ukraine the next month? Now, again... Can I make a contribution to Ukraine because it's such an awful situation? Impossible. I'm in Singapore. Within my first session, I was asked to coach somebody who's got a job in Ukraine. So hmm. how, how I actually do it, and I don't know whether we want to show the nine keys now, but because my research was all about you know just simply interviewing these people and asking them what is happening at the times when synchronicities happened to you? What do you think facilitates synchronicity? Mm -hmm. So I interviewed 23 people, uh, 200 pages of notes. And from those uh, notes, I then slimmed it down bit by bit to say there are nine keys. Okay. If you want to facilitate having synchronicity happen to you, here is the suggestion from these people uh, of nine keys. Huh. It's nothing magical. I just, you know, distilled the information. Mm -hmm. So with this woman that I was actually coaching, <coughs> I basically just showed the nine keys. <coughs> and she was saying, my life is not happening as it should. And so we go through each of the nine keys saying where she might be doing well and where she might actually not be doing well. And we found one particular key, which is about mindset, which opened the door for how she could actually begin to manifest what she wanted. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah that is. Oh, can and you show I, I, I'm in the process um, of producing a questionnaire that will identify which of the nine keys are stronger and which are weaker for you to be able to work on. Yeah. Huh. Could, you could you show us the nine keys now? Yeah, sure, sure. Okay, can you see okay. that? Okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Okay. All right. All right. So the nine keys are basically, as I said, nine. And, and this, there's no magic about this. People are looking for, were you guided by the heavens? Uh -huh. no, I, no, I wasn't. <laughs> uh, it comes from 23 people, 200 pages of notes. And I kind of said, there are three keys which are about discovering synchronicity. I wanted to begin with the practicality, Rob and Trish, mm. of how does this happen to us? Well, to me, it first happens because something strange happens in your day-to-day -day affairs. Uh -huh. So key one is be curious about out-of-the-blue events uh, in terms of what happened in your day that's right. different. So when you see something that's different from what normally happens, that could be a synchronicity. Key mm -hmm. number two, connecting the dots, meaning look at what's going on in your life. So the synchronicities happen, the strange things happen. <coughs> look at what's going on in your life that that might be linked to. Hmm. Once you're clear, say, ah, I think it might be to do with this, then key three, act on intuition. And I say act because there are so many of us who have an intuition about this is the way to go, but do nothing. Uh -huh. So the ability to act on your intuition uh, is important. So the three orange red keys there are the discovery keys mm -hmm. do you want me to go through all of them yeah yeah, yeah this is great i feel like we're getting tutored <laughs> well, this is the great thing you, you asked me about you know selling the books at the moment uh -huh. Trish. every coffee i have with people i sell the books to the signed books to we have a little mini class yeah, yeah. that's great key number four and these are the integration keys key number four celebrate you know when these incredible things happen to you Open up your heart to gratitude and celebration. So when I get $15,000, I went berserk, celebrate <laughs> awe. And there's a lot of research on awe, and this is in the book, that says when you experience it, magical things can happen. Mm -hmm. Key number five, uh, my people I interviewed said synchronicity happened a lot when they were doing something for other people. Mm -hmm. So I've adapted servant leadership and had the key, be a servant citizen. Mm -hmm. 
So there's something about serving humanity, serving your friends, serving your family, that somehow, from my research, was told that that happens more. Key number six is heart and brain coherence. Uh, and I draw here from the great work of Heart Math uh, and, and Joe Dispenser. I was doing this before I met these two organizations, but literally, your brain and your heart, we have both for a reason. A lot of people get into, I think, the wrong verbiage when they say, follow your heart, follow your heart. No, we have a brain and a heart, follow both. Mm-hmm. Both will actually give you wisdom. And I have an exercise there where people are able to get into coherence between their thoughts and their feelings. Mm. And then mindsets, the green keys mindsets. Number seven, live hope and possibility. Now, the person I was coaching at the time had no sense of hope and possibility. She wanted synchronicity, but if beneath the wanting there is a mindset of I'm not good enough, good things never happen to me, I'll never make it, then that will work against you manifest Mm. what it is that you want. And again, I've got various exercises around that. Each of the chapters uh, in the book finish with uh, some tips uh, on how to use. Key number eight, merge with the present moment. Mm. And to me, that's crucial because, again, we haven't got into quantum physics and we don't have time. But if, as quantum physics tells us, we are energy as well as particle, we are wave as well as particle, then all around you at the moment looking for something to happen are signs of what you can follow. And to get to there, you need to be in the present moment. Mm -hmm. Feel it fully. Uh, And then finally, whatever religion you have, or even if you don't have a religion, there's so much evidence that says connecting with source, Mm -hmm. whatever you determine that to be, will enable you to attract synchronicity. So when when I'm coaching, Trish, I use all of the nine to ask the person, which of these do you think intuitively Uh you're so good at or could be blocking you? Hmm. Does that make sense, folks? Yeah, it does. I like this. This is great. And and this, this is, I think this is relatively new. A lot of synchronicity books obviously have secrets, like The Seven Secrets of Synchronicity, <laughs> the two of you. True. It's a wonderful book, by the way. Um, but what I've got is almost like a step-by-step process. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's good. Yeah. Does, that, does that make sense? Shall I stop uh-huh. sharing? Or do you have questions about it? Yeah. Uh, I well, think- I have a question. How do you know which one is wrong or which one is too weak for you or well, that's blocking? In- interesting, Trish. I use your intuition. So so when I was coaching this person and she talked to me about what was going on in her life, I had a sense that it was key number seven that was the block. But hmm. I asked her, I said, as you look at the nine keys, which of the ones is a block? And she immediately said key number seven. Oh, she knew. So, so huh. I, I, I use intuition for that, both of mine and, and of the person. But as I say, I'm in the process of developing a questionnaire that, that will help a little bit more. Yeah, that's, that's going to be interesting. Yeah, this is great. This I is like a roadmap. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> really. Exactly, Trish. Yeah. Rob, sorry, go on, Rob. Yeah, I didn't really notice. Maybe I missed it, but I didn't notice anything, any reference to trickster synchronicities in your. No, I, I didn't go there, Rob. You're, you're absolutely okay. right. It's something that's missing in the book, and uh, maybe. The three of us will write a book about trickster and the nine keys. The trickster. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those yeah, because are... the trickster really is a problem sometimes. <laughs> so t- t- tell me your understanding of trickster. Well, okay, I'll, I'll give you an example. Um, back in, I think, like 2010, I think it was, I was working on a book called Esperanza, which was Hope. And the book took place in Ecuador. And we were at a Highland Games Festival in Orlando. And there was, uh, there were people who had racks of clothing out and stuff you could go through from, from their respective art shops, countries or whatever. So there was a guy there from Ecuador. No, I don't know that he was from Ecuador, but he was Latino. And I went over to his rack and I found this really great shirt and it said, 
made in Ecuador. And I thought, mm. okay. And that on, on the inside, there was a little, I think there was a word that said hope or, or cause Esperanza in English means hope. So that may have been the word or it may have been the actual Esperanza word. I'm not sure. I don't remember. I have to look it up, <laughs> but that told me that I was on the right track. Uh, oh no, I know what it was. It said time travel. And that's what my book was about. Okay. And I wanted to do a sequel. And this to me was confirmation that I was on the right track. So I approached the editor. I said, no, time travel books don't sell. So that was the end of it. So okay. that's a trickster, at least in, in my mind. And, and you notice, Trish, your book was about hope. Right. You see the synchronicity that's happening right now? We've just been talking about key number seven, living hope. Yep. Oh, interesting. <laughs> that is. <laughs> so I, I didn't, I'll tell you the reason I didn't go into Trickster so much. I want this book to be a practical uh-huh. guide without too much stuff that people could say, oh, that's, you know, whatever it might be. That's yeah. because my, don't forget, my work is in organizations, mm-hmm. uh, teams. So I do personal coaching and counseling, but I'm introducing synchronicity to organizations. Right. I wanted to get it as free of any stuff that could be causing people to say, we're not interested. That's new age stuff. Right. Um, But maybe, yeah, tricksters tricksters happened to me. And I actually look at trickster as so many false leads uh-huh. That could take you down a path that maybe isn't the right path to go. Right. On. Yeah. I have a trickster story that, uh, this is, this is funny. This one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, so a number of years ago, I was invited to, uh, go on the television show UFO hunters and it was going to be the, the interview was going to be filmed, uh, on Andros Island, uh, where okay. there's a, a secret U.S. Navy base. Okay. And, and the uh one of the things that the producers of the show wanted to do was to get into uh the base and interview the commander uh because the story was that uh this Autech is the name of the uh secret uh base and that there it was the underwater area 51 area 51 is an area in Nevada where they're supposedly right. Uh, UFOs and encounters uh, right, take place right. over, over decades. So uh, after our interview, they decided, well, let's go over there right now. We didn't get any response at all from uh, when we contacted them several times. It wasn't like they said no. They just never responded. Right, so we got right. we got in this Jeep, went over, and it, we got about, oh, probably 50 yards away from the entrance. We stopped, and the camera people got all their equipment out. And uh, suddenly, these two police cars came up to the gate, and uh, oddly enough, they came nose to nose in front of the gate, like they're blocking the gate, which was a bad sign. And then this right. black, then this black helicopter lifted up from behind the gate, hovered <laughs> over us, and making a lot of noise. And the guy, uh, Bill Burns, who was, was the sort of the chief of the uh, UFO hunters, he looked around at us and said. You know, I don't think we're welcome here. So we we, pack, we we packed up and left. So, okay, we move ahead five months, and we're in Sarasota, Florida, on the west coast of Florida. We're helping our daughter uh, uh, get uh, into uh, – into, Move into her dorm. Move into her dorm. Yeah. The, the new school year was just starting. Right, right. And so it was a Friday evening, so Trish and I decided to go downtown and uh, have a drink and dinner. And we go to this restaurant that uh, it's pretty open. Everything's outside and a lot of tables and there's a live music. And so uh, very crowded, though. And we looked around. We didn't know if we were going to be able to stay there. And that then we not- noticed there's one high top table that had two seats open. So we walk up t- uh, to it and ask the people who are sitting there, just another couple, if we could sit across from them. And they said, sure. Uh, and the music was uh, playing and it's fine. And then uh, we got to talking with them, especially during a break. And it turns out, who am I talking to but the commander <laughs> of Autech? He uh, just retired. Who had just retired. <laughs> when I, the very man that they were trying to see and going to all these, all this trouble. And here I'm sitting next to him at a bar. And so I tell, I tell him my story. 
and he he looks at his girlfriend and says, <coughs> I, first he said, I need another drink. <laughs> and, uh, and, and then uh, uh, the music is about to start again. And he scribbles down his email address because he's, he wants to talk to me about this story, which okay. I'm, I'm just uh, really blown away by this. And then uh, he, he, a little while later, he says, uh, he asked Trish and I, if we would like to accompany them to another bar across the street. And, right. For some reason, Trish and I said no. <laughs> we wanted to go Stupid. home. Stupid. Yeah. And and so beyond that, I never found that piece of paper, that scrap of paper. Wow. You know, that's a trickster wow. synchronicity. Yeah, that is. Wow. What could have? So that's is anything that blocks the way, right, Rob? Yeah. Right. That's how and I does it. it with a sense of irony or humor? Yes. Yeah. yes. You know, like playful. Yeah. I, apparently, I was not supposed to know the answer. <laughs> What's well, you know, so, so, so it's fascinating because my whole approach, there's so many great things written about synchronicity, including the work that you two have done. I want to make this normal thinking for most people. Right. We've been for so many years in the throes of Newtonian physics, mm. which says logic rules everything. Materialism rules everything. If you can't prove it, it doesn't exist. Prove it in a logical sense. Mm -hmm. Because we now know that quantum mechanics is the way that the world is organized, and especially quantum entanglement. Quantum entanglement provides a mechanism, a reason behind how synchronicity happens. Right. So, so my approach with this, um, my, my phrase, Trish, which I think I've shared with you, is behind every synchronicity is a miracle waiting to happen. Uh -huh. And they good. happen to people all over the world, but they don't have a structure for thinking about them. Right. So, so my, my approach when writing this whole thing and doing my PhD uh, is about saying there are ways to begin to understand the stuff mm -hmm. you already know because it's happened to you. Here's a mechanism for trying to understand it. And, mm -hmm. and that, that's where I am. Yeah, that's good. This whole book. So yeah. the, uh, as much as I can take synchronicity out of new age thinking, right. because it comes from new age thinking, but that's a block. If it's new age thinking, your logical, mechanical minded leader in an organization will just dismiss it. Yeah. So, so the job yeah. is to get them on side by being as practical as possible. Hmm. Makes sense. Yeah, uh, Philip, one of the uh, best takeaways I got uh, from your book is that uh, synchronicities are linked to a field of energy beyond time and space, and we all have access to that mm -hmm. field of energy because our minds are actually separate separate from our physical bodies. Wow. Um, and look what we were just talking about, Rob, and then you asked that question. <laughs> I was just talking about this energy field that we have access to. Right. Now, let me say, I am not a quantum physicist, but that doesn't mean I can't take what they've done and right. thought about in order to use that. So some research uh, in quantum physics or some symbol in quantum physics says we are particle and wave. Mm -hmm. And if yeah. you could imagine you're in a big football stadium or soccer for us and football for you, the physical body that you are is the particle. Mm -hmm. The rest of the stadium is the size of the wave. Hmm. Wow. So it's kind of saying that when you feel that friend of yours, cousin of yours in London who feels says you've got a, a sickness, you, you, uh -huh. the image of her comes to mind and she's sick, and then she calls you the following night and said, you know, yesterday I was pretty sick. It's because you are picking up the energy right. that's already manifest. So I, I'm not sure, Rob, whether it's, it's the mind exists separate from the body, but it's about being able to feel the energy, quantum energy, that's connected and entangled with your friend. Quantum entanglement is the mm -hmm. principle. Right. Uh, I'll leave it to people much better uh, qualified than me to talk about it. But we are in an age where the mind and paranormal stuff does exist separate from the body, because that's the basic presumption, right, that people dismiss synchronicity because they say you can't have the mind existing separate from the body. Right, exactly. We're now in an age where we can explore that 
yeah. um, more significantly. Yeah. You know what's interesting? When I when I first started studying synchronicity, I was 18 years old, and I picked up right. a copy of of the I Ching, where okay. in the at the foreword, Jung talks about synchronicity. So after I read that book, I would you know meet new people in college, and I'd always say, "Hey, you know what synchronicity is?" Nobody did. Mm. And then mm. I'd say, "You know, like a meaningful coincidence." They always right. get that, but they don't. Right. Right. Well, now things have really changed since 2010, when Rob and I wrote Seven Secrets. I've noticed that if you ask somebody what synchronicity is, most of the time they, they understand it. So that's yeah. changed. Yeah. You know? change. And, change. you know, uh, Trisha's right when uh, she says that that's how she approaches people. Because when I first met her, that's what she <laughs> asked me if I, if I knew what synchronicity was. <laughs> and, uh, well, the way yeah. I, <laughs> and the way I thought. Go on, go on, Rob. Go on, yeah, Rob. the way I thought of it was kind of a a low level psychic ability. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> amazing thing. We are in an age. The three of us are excited to be in this age. Yeah, this stuff is now the and people are inquiring into it. Yeah, it was true. ten years ago. You would never see intuition as a leadership competency in organizations. Uh-huh. Interesting now. Sensing your environment and intuition is on every leadership competency. Wow, that's interesting. So, so my 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 push here with this is to actually make synchronicity audits as common as financial audits. Oh, cool! So, so when you are, you know, say, say you're a team and you're wondering, shall we now invest in Cambodia? Right. You do all the normal analysis, but what I want to do is to get the team as well to do a synchronicity audit, meaning asking the team, has anything unusual happened to you this week with regard to synchronicity and Cambodia? Because leaders are not rewarded by saying they made their decisions using synchronicity. You can't go to your boss and say, yes, we're investing five million in Cambodia. (laughs) Your boss says, why? You say, well, I had a dream. Or, yeah. I, or I bumped into somebody who knows about what we're trying to do in Cambodia. So what's happening in organizations is people cover up if they've made decisions by intuition or synchronicity. Uh-huh. And what I want to do is to, and this is where Freedom Fighter comes in. You know I told you about Freedom Fighter? Uh-huh. Yeah. What I think I'm about, my interpretation of my Freedom Fighter 66 was, number one, 66 means luck, luck. And that year I just submitted my dissertation. I hope that would be lucky. And it was because I passed. Freedom <laughs> fighter was more difficult. But what I think I'm about in my life, you know, I'm, I'm 73 years old now. I hope I've got, I've got many more years to go. But the rest of my life is dedicated to helping people understand this stuff is not in woo-woo. Exactly. Land. exactly. It's actually a, a, a quality that all of you have but very often you ignore it mm. because you don't want to be seen to be stupid. Yeah. And so my freedom fighter is fighting for the heart to have equal status with the brain because the heart will lead us to intuition and synchronicities. Uh, that will help. Freedom fighter is kind of your hey, archetype. Hey, Trish, yeah. hang on just a second before we keep going. Disembodied voice of John <laughs> at the moment. Yes. Philip, if you wouldn't mind, I think if, you stop sharing your screen just to just to sh- save on. The oh, okay. Uh, well, you, you know something. I was just about to ask. Or, or, should or, I stop sharing my screen? There we go. All right. There you go. Thank you. There yeah. we go. Okay. Thank you, thank you, John. I was just about to ask. Should I do that? And you piped in. <laughs> yeah. And and you just uh, mentioned the heart, uh, Philip. And I was just going to say, well, we 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 talked about the the mind and synchronicity. What about the heart? How does the heart uh, play a well, role? You gotta go to HeartMath, HeartMath mm-hmm. organization, which I, I'm sure both of you know. Yeah, Trish, Trish, you've disappeared. Your pictures disappeared. Yeah, I know. He told me he needed oh, bandwidth, okay. right? <laughs> okay, that's fine. You can, so, you so can come back. Heart, no, no, I would, uh, no, you can not. Don't stop the video. I was just asking. Oh, oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. All right. Okay. <laughs> so the Math organization, Rob, to answer your question, yeah, premier organization in the world that looks at the influence of the heart on our physiology and on our life. And they've done masses of, number one, research. So, again, this is not just new age stuff. These folks uh, in in Boulder, uh, outside San Francisco, 
have done amazing work measuring physically the heart and its relation to the rest of the body. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of intuition and the ability to see future events, they've measured that I think it's six seconds before the event occurs, the heart senses what's about to occur. Huh. Uh, and so if anybody wants to really understand, <clears throat> go to heart math, all one word, M-A-T-H, heart and then M-A-T-H. They've got amazing research and they work all over the world, uh, but particularly with frontliners in the U.S. too, hmm. uh, helping the heart be more coherent because mm-hmm. when the heart's more coherent, number one, you're more in touch with the intuition and synchronicity, but particularly you're more able to make executive decisions because the heart is in a coherent state and mm. that produces coherence in the rest of the body. Wow. Does that answer your question a little bit, Rob? I mean, it's a big yeah, subject. Right, it is, it is, yes. Uh, what I was saying was just that, I'm sorry, I, mean, I want to say this before I forget. <laughs> that freedom fighter, Philip, I think that's your archetype. Okay, so. Yeah. That's, that's what happened, right? Well. That fits. It's interesting, though, that you have Freedom Fighter 66, and I have Zen 666, uh, which is a a synchronicity that I had uh, a number of years ago in which I uh, I was going to, I was taking a couple to the Miami airport and they're very new agey people. And the whole discussion was uh, about spirituality and got very in, intense. And we're driving down uh, the turnpike uh, 70 miles an hour and this car passes us and it has this uh, license plate that uh, uh, in the back that says Zen 665. And the guy oh, yeah. who who is there says, "Wouldn't it be interesting if we now <laughs> saw Zen six six six? Not two minutes later, a car passed us. Yeah. Zen six six six, and then wow. years years later, I saw that I saw that license plate again, right in our neighborhoods." <laughs> <laughs> here's here's the picture I took, by the way. Oh, there it is. Oh, yeah. wow! Look at this. So, just in case people don't believe me, I mean, yeah. literally. I'm saying to my friend, I had a dream. I was a freedom fighter, and this year, this week is my 66th <laughs> birthday. Yeah. Two seconds huh. later, this guy appeared, yeah. and I had the presence of mind to run after him. I didn't stop him, but I just took the picture. Now, what's <laughs> that's the great. That that's great. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. That's Too bad cool. you didn't take a picture, Rob, of those two license plates. Yeah. That's what I was thinking about the time. Well, well my, my, mine is a little darker with 666, though. Yeah, I know. And also was before cell phones, probably. Right? Yes, right. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so so what, what I want to do, folks, is normalize synchronicity as a natural human talent. Yeah. This is new age stuff. This is not crazy stuff. It happens to everybody all of the time. Let's begin to understand it. My nine keys is an attempt. And as I say, it's just based on interviewing executives. It will probably change. But but I want to make this a normal thing for human beings in their own lives and in organizational life to, to understand. Yeah. I think it's great. Yeah. I'd sign up in a heartbeat. <laughs> <laughs> so it's so good to talk to you guys. We always have fun, but we always get inside. Sorry, Rob, go on. (laughs) So we've written quite a bit about a shift in consciousness that's taking place worldwide in which uh, we recognize that in spite of our differences, we we are all part of uh, an interconnected whole. Uh, But it also seems that part of this interconnected consciousness doesn't seem to want us to recognize it. Uh, mm. Do you agree? Do you agree with that? And if so, why, why do you think uh, things are unfolding uh, in such a conflicting manner in the world? Wow, you, you ask deep <laughs> questions, Rob. <laughs> My answer is I have no idea. <laughs> but but you know, we have to begin at the personal level in the sense right. of <clears throat> we know, and there are enough stories to say synchronicity exists. And it happens for a reason to guide us, to help us. Mm-hmm. Now, <clears throat> given that that's true on a personal level, and I think there's more than enough evidence to, to let us know. Mm-hmm. And with physics, I think it's helping us understand more. You have to say 
that must be therefore happening at a national and at a global level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, the, the, the one story, Rob, around this is that when Chernobyl happened, remember Chernobyl and yeah, eighty yeah. six in Ukraine. Yeah. yeah. Now there is stories about the week before Chernobyl happened, people were dreaming about a nuclear disaster at the site. So what if this consciousness in global and political terms is about tapping into what people are feeling, understanding already? So in in a literal sense, had there been a way of tapping into the dreams and the senses of those people who thought a disaster was about to happen, maybe that could have impacted Chernobyl, terrible mm-hmm. disaster. Well, the same thing is true of nine eleven. Yeah, so there's yeah, a there is a that the shifting consciousness is there, mm-hmm. uh, and that maybe there's enough to say that. When everybody wants it enough, and, and Trish, you're right, there are many studies done about a group of people in one part of the world right. being in meditation and affirmation for another yeah. part of the world. There was a famous one, I think, done in violence in Sri Lanka. There was a group of people uh, meditating for the end of violence in a particular part of Sri Lanka, and during that meditation period, the violence went down. Huh. So I, th- I think, Rob... It's a great question, Robert. It's a fundamental question, isn't it? That, yeah. that if we can have these miracles happen in our own lives, why can't we or can we enable them to happen with all these amazing, mm-hmm. terrible things that are happening in the world that bring us together? Well, can can I, can yeah. this embodied voice, John, ask a question? <laughs> Not quick? sure, John. Uh, so, John. So, ask John. So, 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 I mean, uh, so, so is it, so is it intuitive? Is it predictive? Or could it be manif- manis- uh, could it be manifestation where you have a group of people in an area that are all on this same mm. wavelength and mm. they manifest what they're thinking rather than perceiving something that's going to happen? Does that make sense? The question. Well, it makes it makes sense, John. The, the, and, it's, and it's spot on, John. Thank you for that question because the issue for me is. If there is a connection through quantum entanglement, so this is an energy system. So imagine if you go into a room, many of us have done going into a room and sensed an energy in that room. It's that ability we have to connect as a human race worldwide. And again, um, the Heart Math Organization, go to their website and look at global coherence because they're doing research on connecting the world through prayer, through meditation, through meditation, sorry, uh, that enables us to connect. So it's on the based on the premise that energetically what is true is what mystics and religious people have always told us, that the human race is connected energetically. Mm-hmm. And it's a tough thing to grasp, John, but if you take <coughs> personal example, so again, silly example, but... If today I suddenly think about my sister and I have a problem with my throat and my sister calls me tonight and says, I had some difficulty with a cold, a very bad cold, which gave me very bad throat problems. So if we can, we know at an individual level, connect with energy of somebody halfway around the world, and we know this happens, then that suggests that there's an energetic system connecting all of us. And totally agree with that, but, but that connection, is it, is, it in, is it intuitive, is it predictive, or is it that connection that manifests what, whatever that connects? So, so, is, it, so is, it a, is it a group of people that connect on a level and manifest whatever whatever it is that they are connecting on or is it this was going to happen regardless i mean does that make sense yeah i mean yeah it makes sense but there's no answer to that gotcha because you know i mean and it's a great question because that's what people ask me but (laughs) and i don't want to dismiss the question john 
But what it does is get us into a Newtonian analysis mm -hmm. using logic. Mm -hmm. I prefer to say that if we, number one, it happens. So when it happens that there is a shift uh, in the area that that group of people were holding in their minds, that says it happens. Now, whether it's going to happen or not, or whether the group of people really did influence the event, I really can't say, John. Yeah. Oh, uh, here's a, I have another example that fits right in with this. Uh, <clears throat> a few years ago, I think it was 2019, the, uh, a soccer team of boys in, in Thailand uh, went into a cave after their practice with their coach. It's a very famous case. Yeah, and and you don't know this one? No, I don't. Uh, okay, the, so the cave was flooded. The, uh, the monsoons came, and those kids were stuck way in that cave, like uh, almost two kilometers inside. And uh, they, uh, it was totally flooded. So everybody were thinking as the days went by that they're dead, you know, that they drown. Uh, so they started sending divers in, but it was very tricky. There's one guy who had a map of the cave and he came about and uh, show, showed the divers, uh, professional divers, uh, cave divers. And uh, finally, there's two British cave divers. Uh, oh, this happened over. a couple of years ago, right? Rob? Yeah, right, this, right, yes. right, 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 right. And it was a documentary. There's a documentary out called 13 Lives right now yeah. about, yeah, 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 about yeah, this story. Yeah, I know, so, I know. Okay, so uh, they, the British guys were really good, some of the world's best, got in and actually found the kids alive. And when uh -huh. they came out uh, that they were alive, everybody is all excited. And But the lead guy, he's not excited at all because he knows they're dead. He, he's, he thinks they're, they're never going to get out of there because so, it, it takes like six hours of diving, of yeah. underwater diving in a cave to get out right, of there. Right, and right. they they tried to get one guy out, an, an adult who got stuck, and it was a very short distance. And he panicked and almost, uh, you know, tore off the uh, other guy's equipment. And they they so they knew that how are they going to get these kids who have never dived before to go for six hours. So meanwhile, there's all these religious people, meditators come there, and they're all praying and uh, meditating on getting those kids out. And they give this uh, little red patch, which had meaning, uh, prayers attached to it, to that lead diver. And he's very agnostic, uh, non-religious, and he, he feels like throwing away, but he it sticks was it. blessed by the, yeah, by the priest or whoever right. it was. Yeah, and monk, they, like Buddhist monks. Yeah, it was a monk. Right, right. And they put it in his pocket. And he he figured out a way of doing it by knocking knocking the kids out have bringing in another uh, an cave diver yeah who is an anesthesiologist and it was very dangerous very tricky but there was no other way to do it and so they were able to uh basically anest uh not knock them out it's the easy way to say it and uh but they had every yeah, half yeah. hour they had to give them another shot uh, right. and they right. were able to to save those 13 kids that way. And so it's another case where you have these people meditating, uh, praying and putting in that energy. And uh, you could say, wow, that didn't have anything to do with it. Or maybe it had a lot to do with it. Well, let me just say, to be clear, I'm not saying, uh, uh, so it wasn't, a, it certainly wasn't a trick question. It's just, no, no, no. what can no, no. a lot of people that come together do uh, whether it is intuitive or or manifesting something that they want to happen, yeah, yeah. so that, that's no, it. Yeah. John, yeah. John, John, but John, yours is a fundamental question, and I'm really glad really? you asked it because for, forever in synchronicity, just like you know, Rob and I just did, we'll we'll say yes, it happened because here's a story that proves it happens. Yeah, but what John is doing, and thank you, John, you're putting the finger on the question that everybody asks. Is this synchronicity or was it going to happen anyway or is it something else? And I think we all, as synchronicity experimenters, researchers, need to go to John's question. My attempt, John, with my nine keys and my research, and particularly with quantum entanglement, is to say here is a potential answer. Right. I'm not saying 100% it's the answer, 
But if you go to quantum entanglement research, and if you go to what heart math are doing, then here is a logical answer. Because uh, why I'm, I'm just pleased, John, you asked the question is, in our field, we need to move beyond just stories mm-hmm. and say, it's true because this happened. That's, that's acceptable. But we now need to find some sort of mechanism that explains how manifestation works. And I think quantum entanglement, John, is, is the closest to it. Thank you. Yep. Yep. Nope. It, it, uh, that's, and that, that, yeah, that's, uh, it's the mystery, great, great it's, it's the, it's the mystery of life, right? So. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a great question. <clears throat> that's all. Wow. Okay. Where are we folks? Anyway, any more questions? You, you sent me a lot of questions. Have we covered all of them? I think we just about have. Uh, plus, plus a bunch of other questions that we didn't. Right, think yeah. <laughs> now, the the, the, the I one. Guess, I guess just, I have. Go ahead. Go on, Rob. Go on, Rob. Okay. I guess I just have one more question. I mean, do, do you feel you're guided in synchronicity? Is this uh, like uh, part of yourself, or is it part, uh, or or is it something from the outside, <laughs> or Trish, both? <laughs> Trish, does he always ask these mind blowing? <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> You're impossible to answer. <laughs> but look, look, Rob, all I can say, you know, I, I've worked around the world. I've worked with major organizations. I've worked with the United Nations. All I know is that right now in my life, as I said, I, I'm 73. I've not retired. I don't want to retire. Why? Because I feel I'm being guided okay. to this. I, I feel that my book, The Nine Keys of Synchronicity, I was guided to wrote, to write, mm-hmm. um, and I, I'm minded of Dr. David Cooper Ryder, who is one of the world's foremost organizational consultants. He was my supervisor for my PhD, and he said something very wise to me. Uh, he said, when we were talking about whether synchronicity exists, he said, Philip, if one sheep knows how to yodel, there's a possibility that all sheeps can yodel. It's like white crows. And that guides, yes, exactly. And that guides the sense of saying, we don't know all the answers, you know, to the great question, John, that you asked. We don't know all the answers. My book is just my research with a group of people. But what we know is that the ability for your mind to be in more than one place, the ability to manifest is proven. Mm-hmm. This has happened to many people. Mm-hmm. And we're still on this journey of saying, and this is where, rather answering your question, I, I feel this is why I was put on this earth. Many mm-hmm. things, but at this moment in my life, for the rest of my life, I'm focused on help to find synchronicities because behind every synchronicity is a miracle waiting to happen both for you personally maybe for your nation uh, and maybe for the globe all right Good that's, point. A, that's well, a great way, that's a great way of ending it Phil. <laughs> yeah, it sure great, is great talking to you and Once philip again. tell people where they can find your book and your website how they can get in touch with you www.philipmerry.com P-H-I-L-I-P-M-E-R-R-Y.com And if you can post that wherever you want. And you'll find there the nine keys of synchronicity. Uh, and that's a landing page. It's also on Amazon uh, and most other. Okay, uh, great. And it's a terrific book. Yeah, it's <laughs> really good. I enjoyed reading Well, it. guys, I love talking to all three of you. John, you as well. <laughs> You know, I, I worried because I, I was with you. I was with you a few months ago, and I'm thinking, do we have anything new to say? We do. We always. Do. <laughs> this is all new that we've done. So yeah, right. maybe we'll make this every few months or so, just to. That would be great. Yeah, stay in touch. Keep us, yeah. keep us sane. All of us yeah. sane. And thank all you, right. thank you for thank all you. of the hard work you've done in this field. Really appreciate you. Are the leaders in this field for me? <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. All right. Have a good day. Thanks for joining The Mystical Underground. Visit www.themysticalunderground.com for the latest blog post and book info. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. 
listen to the podcast at podcast.themysticalunderground.com. Follow Trish and Rob on Instagram at Trish and Rob McGregor. Follow us on Twitter at The Mystic Cast. Send email to podcast at themysticalunderground.com. And until next week, thank you for listening and stay mystical. Mystical.